Welcome to the Delve Into Money podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. This is the personal finance podcast where we attempt to demystify money by reviewing books and applying what we learn to our own financial journeys. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 37. Today, we're going to talk about solidifying a new identity by finding a group to join. Last week, we talked about dealing with negative narratives, and so we're going to continue on this week and talk about how adopting a group identity will help you further dig into that new identity you're trying to adopt. We're basing this off of the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. And in the book, he has a two-part framework for adopting a new identity. The first one is decide the type of person you want to be. Number two is prove it to yourself with small wins. But when I I read this in the book, while I love the book and I really enjoyed what I got out of it, I felt like this part was lacking. Going back to my first episode on Atomic Habits, which I will link in the show notes, I talked about how I had adopted a new identity as a runner. But despite three to four years with that identity, when I quit having goals in front of me, I allowed previously held beliefs to undermine my identity as a runner. So that made me reflect, why did that happen? Why did something that I felt like was so ingrained in me so quickly get pushed to the side? So I added my, my two additional parts to it that were my own parts. The first one was we needed to find a way to counteract the negative narratives in our lives. See, my identity of being slow meant I still held on to things that were undermining my identity as a runner. I'd been so caught up in this new identity, I didn't even realize that I was still holding on to this old belief of being slow. So in this third part, we talk about identifying and counteracting the negative narratives that you have, and that the goal isn't to read a book or go on a run. It's to become a reader or become a runner. See, it's not until you get rid of just trying to do the action and becoming what you actually want to be. And the only way to do that is to go back to number two is through our small daily actions. But the reality is, is if we allow the negative narratives to run rampant, it's going to undermine that new belief. So think of an identity you have adopted. Now ask the question, what are you holding on to that could stop you from keeping that identity? We talked about this in depth last week. And I will link that one in the show notes as well. In case you missed it, you should go back and listen to it. But I knew that even that third step wasn't quite enough. It requires motivation and willpower to continue to remind yourself to ditch those negative narratives. And and that's the whole point of a habit, right? We're, We're trying to create some sort of automatic response so that we don't rely on motivation and willpower. So 
how do we stop these negative narratives? And they're still always going to be there. The reality is you can't get rid of the negative narratives completely because it's just the way that we work. Our self-doubt will come back and bite us again and again. So how can I stop holding on to those beliefs? I've mentioned on this podcast that I'm a Christian. So when I thought about this, I reflected on churches in the community that can be present there. Now, I know this is not the experience of everyone, but the intent in my experience has been one where there is healthy community and relationship at church. When you're a part of that community, you have a camaraderie about being in that community. In many ways, it makes it hard to change your view because you risk being separated from that piece of community. And that has been something that people have held against different communities in at different points in time. They said, because they're a part of this church community, even if I could prove them wrong, they wouldn't let go of the belief. But you can also apply that to any other type of community. If you're part of a CrossFit community, but it came out and was proven that CrossFit was not good, the people in that community would have a hard time accepting that evidence because they would look for ways to confirm it within their community. And, and these communities are good things. When we believe or what you, you're looking for or striving for has a positive effect in your life, that community is something that is building you up. So it's not a negative thing. Community is a very strong and powerful thing. Often when people go through difficult life events and find community, that community will help what had been dragging them down. It will help them up out of the hole that they'd been in. I've heard the story time and time again that when people struggled in life, they found a church community or any type of community really in that community helped redirect their energy into a positive focus. See, when you're on the road all alone, when you're, you're isolated with no support system, you have two different risks. First, you have the risk of not having the support you need. We all have weaknesses and we all have points when we don't have the strength to continue on. And when we don't have that support system, we don't have that positive reinforcement. The second thing is, is when we face opposition or we face things that are going against what we would normally believe, when you don't have a support system, you're alone and you're susceptible to the opinion of one. And so when we get isolated from a group, we become susceptible to believing the next good salesman that comes our way. And so these group dynamics and being a part of a, a social element actually helps reinforce our belief because it gives us people that can direct us in the right place based off what we believe. The reality is, is we're very bad at fully understanding our beliefs. And it's not because we never understood it, but it's because we come to understand something. And then over time, because we're not as ingrained and as in deep in trying to get to that understanding, we lose some of the detail or some of the clarity with that understanding. And when you lose that clarity, that group is great at helping remind you of that clarity that you had before. 
So not only when you're alone do you not have support, but you're susceptible to people that are going to come by and undermine people or things that are going to come by and undermine your belief. So the way that we counteract this and the way that we help redirect our negative narratives and negative energy in that is that we find a group, and this is the fourth step, we find a group that will help solidify that identity. So if you're a runner, that means finding a running group. If you're a reader, that means finding people that are going to read as well. In Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about two different types of identities, the group identity and the personal identity. And the reality is, is that group identity is so much stronger than that personal identity because you have that support network around you. You have that reinforcement on a day in, day out basis as a part of that group. And when I look back at being a runner, this is actually the area that I really, really failed. I had these negative narratives going, but if I'd had a group that I was a part of, if I had associated myself with other runners, I wouldn't have let those negative narratives overcome me. Because I failed to associate myself with other runners, I had no accountability to follow through with my identity as a runner. If I'd been part of a group when I started backing down or when I started not running as regularly, I would have had people I was letting down. It also is a positive reinforcement because you'll go run with each other, right? You'll go, you'll go run together. When you're with a group of readers, you'll either be in a book club or you'll be talking about the books you're reading. It's reinforcing to keep that habit up. It makes you want to keep that up because that's the way that you relate to that group. Now, this might be the older millennial coming out in me, but I think that these groups need to be in-person groups. You need to have their cell phone number. You need that level of accountability. You need to know them on a personal level to really get the full breadth and oomph of a group. Online groups can absolutely be amazing, but it's very easy to drop out of these groups to disappear when you start struggling with that identity. If it's your only option, it's absolutely a great option. And it's great to have online groups and in-person groups, but you want people in your personal life that are going to support that identity. James Clear says the more pride you have in a particular aspect of your identity, the more motivated you will be to maintain the habits associated with it. When you become part of a group, pride in that identity swells. You have this common camaraderie that then reinforces and makes you even more proud of that identity than you'd ever been before. When you're isolated away from people, It's easy to gradually loosen your grip on that identity. But in a community, in a group, you build deep connections, which results in tightening that fist on that identity. So whether it's a sports team, your political party, your religion, your hobbies, all of these habits or identities are more deeply engaged. They're more deeply ingrained when you're doing it with others. James Clear says, behaviors are attractive when they help us fit 
in. We all have a deep desire, a deep desire that is rooted in our core that we absolutely want to fit in. In some, it's definitely going to look differently than others, but the truth is it's there for all of us. Even the intentional loners look for someone to be a loner with. The reality is we mirror the people we're around. That's why it's so important to be around people that are similar to where you are or where you want to be. That's why they talk about the five closest people around you make who you are is because you end up mirroring each other. And so if you pick a network of five close people that are all striving towards a same goal, you're going to naturally significantly increase your chance of reaching that goal. It's not always done intentionally, but unintentionally or intentionally being around the people that are striving for the same thing will help increase your likelihood of success. In Atomic Habits, he talks that we imitate the habits of three different groups, the close, the many, and the powerful. The close, meaning the people that are closest to you, around you, in your core group. I found a statistic that the chance of being obese were increased by 57% when a friend became obese. The reality is those that you're around, even when you don't realize it, you are learning and you're mirroring each other. James Clear says in Atomic Habits, new habits seem achievable when you see others doing them every day. Even if it's not conscious and you see someone going to the gym every single day or you see the same people at the gym every single day, that's reinforcing that habit. So join a culture, join a group where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. The second people we imitate are the many. So that's the people that you just are around all the time. Meaning if you're in a circle of like, say where you go in your workplace, you're with similar people that would be considered the many. I now work at a civil engineering firm, so I'm around engineers all the time. So I'm going to naturally mirror the behaviors of the engineer. The behaviors of a tribe of the many overpowers the desired behavior of the individual. So find a tribe where you're a part of many. So what this looks like is, let's go back to that CrossFit example I used earlier, or even a running group, right? When you're in a running group of 30 people, you're not going to know all 30 of those people really closely, but that 30 people puts you in the many. And then within that 30 people, you probably have three to four people that would you would consider your close to people. And so when you have a close group within a mini group, within a larger group, you're drastically increasing your likelihood of following through with the new habit, with adopting that new identity. I'm in a D group or discipleship group with a number of guys, and it's just natural that we struggle to read the Bible on a regular basis. But because we're in that group, we're weekly asking each other how we've done at reading and picking up this habit. Over time, the goal or the idea is 
because you're around those people that are doing the same things that you're doing or want and desire to do the same things you're doing, that you will all become a little bit better at reading the Bible regularly. It can also work the other way, though, because if you lift up this idea that, oh, I just didn't have time this week, and now everyone is making excuses or jokes about not having time, it then becomes the norm for that group and becomes counterproductive because then that expectation is no longer held to. When you originally got together because you wanted to enforce this habit, but now because you're commiserating together in the difficulty of this, it actually works the opposite now. So you have to be careful about those people you surround yourself with. The third group that we mirror are the powerful. We are drawn to behaviors that earn us respect, approval, admiration, and status. And we avoid the behaviors that result in lowering our status. And so we can use this to our favor as well, because when you surround yourself that value something, when you start doing the opposite, it lowers your status in the group. When you're with a group that works out heavily and just really pushes and pushes and pushes, you're going to push because it becomes a one-upmanship of doing something better. I've been growing my Twitter account and I'm in some groups where we all push each other to do better and better and better. And the reality is I know these people have made me better because in some ways we're trying to one-up each other. We're trying to increase our status within the group. So as you reinforce your identity through your actions and habits, you also reinforce it through the groups you're a part of. From Atomic Habits, this is a quote. It says, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. So we want to add this level of group identity because it creates a level of accountability that we can get nowhere else. So find places that you already are and associate with the groups that identify with the habits you're trying to create. If you don't have a group immediately available to you, start the group, ask around, and you can find people that will be in the same boat as you. So what are you passionate about when it comes to money? And it could be any habit, but we're a money podcast here, so I want to talk about the money aspect. So if you're passionate about index fund investing, you're passionate about budgeting, side hustles, real estate, cryptocurrency, automating your accounts, or even a specific tool like uh, YNAB, you need a budget, which is what we use. There are all sorts of online groups that support these tools. Uh, Reddit, Facebook groups, all sorts of places that you can find these communities who are all fighting towards the same thing. A good example, though, is with real estate. You've got online real estate groups that are for your city, for your location, for your specific goals. But it's important that you find that in-person group as well. And there's all sorts of real estate meetup groups out there that you can go and become a part of. If you're just getting started on your personal finance journey, Dave Ramsey's course is a great temporary group to be a part of because it's just gets you on track. I'm not going to say I, I 
fully endorse everything there, but it definitely gets you on track and will get you going the right direction. And that in that class, there's a community that is created, even if it's just for a short period of time. So I'll leave you with this episode. What group can you become a part of this week? What first step can you take? And it's okay if that first step this week is an online group because that's going to be your easiest type of group to join. But I would encourage you this week to start to absolutely go out there and find a group that you can join and associate with, one that's going to reinforce a habit that you're working on this week and today. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you've enjoyed this series on Atomic Habits. We're going to continue on with a few more of this. And so if you know someone who enjoys the book or would enjoy learning from this, I would love if you could share. Until next week, remember, healthy financial decisions are intentional financial decisions. Intentional decisions this week lead to a healthy financial future. Start today. We'll see you next week.